Alrighty, good afternoon. It is 2.01 uh, p.m. Central Time on May the 9th, 2020. And I am Leon Davis, and you're listening to Altitude Adjustment, podcast that is weekly produced. It is about people, politics, and professions. This week, uh, we're going to talk about, and I say we, because I'm having a, a special guest on today, and her name is Keisha Betts. Uh, she's going to help me discuss... Um, Yelling fire paradigm. That's coming up right now. Welcome to Altitude Adjustment. All right, are you there, Keisha? Yes, hello. Hi, how are you today? Pretty good, how are you? I am doing well. So we, we, were, we were going to make an attempt to um, have Keisha uh, do a video, and we worked it out earlier in the week. Everything worked fine. And of course, on the day of, uh, of uh, the show, uh, we couldn't get the video to work. So uh, hopefully we will be able to talk Keisha into coming back and joining <laughs> us after we can get the, those things fixed. So of let course. me... So, oh, go ahead. Oh, I said, of course, I'll be back. Uh, excellent. So yelling fire in a crowded theater is where, um, I'm sorry, yelling fire in a crowded theater uh, when there's no fire is punishable by law. Now, this is to protect people from mischievous behavior. So the government has some flexibility about how it creates laws in order to protect its citizens. Um, so we're going to talk about some of those boundaries today. And one of the first things that I wanted to um, mention was um, government is to conduct the policy, actions, and affairs of a state organization or people. Now, what I've had or seen recently in um, several of the news clips that I've, I've watched, um, people calling, it, calling the um, lockdown fascism. So I did a quick search on fascism, and fascism, fascism is a topic that really needs, uh, deserves a show of its own. There is no hard and fast definition of fascism, fascism, but one of the core tenets of fascism is authoritarianism. Now, while you can have a form of government that is authoritarianism, that does not necessarily mean it is fascist. A bit of history on the term fascism. It was first used by Benito Mussolini in 1915. He was a, an Italian dictator who created the fascist party in 1919 and held all the power in Italy as the country's prime minister from 1922 until 1943. He was executed in 1945 during the Italian Civil War. So, I'm going to bring you in. Uh, let's let me do this real quick. So I'm going to show the video. Hopefully you can hear at least hear it. Um, I'm going to show the video that uh, that we previewed uh, a couple of days ago, and then we'll come back and and then we'll start our discussion. Okay. Okay.
Okay. I don't know. Could you could you hear that, Keisha? No, I couldn't. Ah, okay. But anyway, you. Um, so we previewed it earlier the week, um, and there was. A, so what was your comments about the video uh, when you first saw it? Uh, when I first saw it, it, it was very disturbing. Um, just to see the anger um, in, on everyone's faces and almost just the violent nature that they were tending to get towards. So it was, it was a little disturbing. So did you, so their point is, is that, so, and you also mentioned that you did see their point in that um, they wanted to work. Um, what else was it? Um, they were, a lot of people are unemployed um, and wanting to get back to work and wanting the economy to open back up. So I do see there that point that they were trying to make um, that, you know, millions of people are now unemployed trying to get unemployment. So I could, I, I do see some of their, their points. Okay. But you don't, as, as any person who opposes violence is going to say that, you know, that situation was really a tinderbox for um, the possibility of someone getting physically hurt. Correct. And, and one mean, of, go ahead. No, go ahead. So, and one of the things that um, really jumped out at me was that there were no masks. There was one, one officer in, in the back that had on a mask, but the masks were so, to seem so be so few and far between. And while I understand they're angry, um, if you don't use your head when you're angry, you couldn't make this exacerbate the situation and make it worse. Correct. There was a, there are a lot of people who um, that actually don't believe that that this is really happening. That people are actually dying from the virus. Yes, there are a lot of conspiracy theories that this is not true and that the numbers are incorrect. Um, I personally don't believe that. Um, I do think that this is real and I do think it is careless and somewhat um, reckless on their end. I understand their freedom of speech. I understand that they want to get back to work and they have every right to want those things. But at the same time, they need to be protecting other people. Um, not wearing masks is just going to, whether they get the virus and pass it on or they are asymptomatic and pass it on, that it is still very reckless and very careless for them not to at least be um, protecting themselves and others around them. And that's, and that's the, the, the thing that kind of jumps out the most at me is that um, wearing the mask isn't so much about your protection as it is you not spreading the virus, it's, that is the concern. So the lockdown is about, there are people who are at greater risk of dying from this than others. And so um, the idea that, well, because those particular people may not be at high risk of dying, the fact that they're willing to spread that virus and put other people at risk to me was the most concerning thing about the protests and how those have transpired. 
Yes, I would agree. Um, I don't think they are thinking of other people who, like you said, there are people that are defenseless that are at a greater risk of getting this as people that are out protesting, maybe young and healthy and active. And if they were to get the virus, they would be able to um, either not have symptoms or it would go away quickly. But you know, they could potentially pass that to someone else who doesn't have an immune system or, or if they get sick, that would be fatal. Sure, sure. So so one of the things that um, um, so I talked about, you know, this being the uh, yelling fire syndrome is. What kind of leeway or what kind of a room do you think that the government should have in protecting its citizens? Do you feel that the lockdown was justified or warranted or even, you know, something that the government can use as a tool? Um, I definitely think that it was warranted. I think the government as a whole is trying to make sure that they are containing this as best as possible. If we weren't on lockdown and we were just all out um, spreading the virus, there would have been thousands more deaths. Um, so I do feel like they are trying to protect everyone as a whole. So, you know, sitting people down for a little bit and saying, just stay in the house so that this doesn't spread so rapidly. I think they're justified in doing. So, um, so the virus, um, and, and I'm not usually, so, so the virus hit minority populations harder from two aspects. So from a health aspect, um, which encompasses uh, medical facilities in, in their areas where they can get to you know, support um, uh, services that will help keep them alive. And from an economic standpoint that, you know, a lot of their jobs aren't considered essential. And so they then take a, a, a big hit financially because they're laid off. Um, I do agree that um, minorities can are hit harder with this um, since they don't have access to certain facilities or that they don't have access to healthcare. Um, and then also on a health standpoint, um, we're more apt to have diabetes and heart problems. Um, but I do feel like they actually have, they're more on the front line as an essential worker, um, doing more jobs like um, FedEx drivers or ambulance drivers, things like that. So they are ones or healthcare workers, nurses, um, working in retirement homes. They, so they're more on the front lines dealing with people on a day-to-day. -day. So I think I may disagree there, but I, I think that they're more on the front lines as an essential worker that's working in fast food restaurants, things like that, dealing with the public more and not actually being able to um, be considered non-essential and working from home, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Sure, absolutely. Um, okay, I, I can I can see where that makes a lot of sense. Now, so so we know that a lot of them had to, you know, based on what you're saying, is that they were considered essential workers, so they're out there doing 
the work of trying to keep people safe. Um, what about um, all of those spring breakers, uh, all of the young black folks who are having barbecue parties in their backyard and, um, you know, those kinds of gatherings where, you know, they're getting 40, 50 people together or more and, and, and basically celebrating during, you know, this pandemic. Um, I, I think that's just, I, I don't know if I can necessarily speak for them as to what's going through their mind, but I, I think a lot of people that are doing things like having the block parties and having house parties are maybe not directly affected by it, um, or they are thinking that it's not going to happen to them, or they don't know anyone in their immediate family that this has happened to, so they don't believe it. Um, I think a lot of them also may think um, that the numbers are false, that the government is lying to us. So they think that this isn't actually happening and that it's not true. And they're just saying, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, my, my, my thought was um, that because there is so much um, health issues in the black community, it would be hard not to know that there's a possibility that uh, of knowing someone who is high risk. And so I did not understand. So I, so to me it was, um, I don't know if they, if it's an issue of whether they trust the government or not, as so much as it's an issue of, I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, because in most cases they're, you know, suppressed in, in, in being able to express themselves. So like um, there are um, noise ordinances so that they can't play their music in the car. Um, uh, they can't even go to the park and do that because they're herded out of the parks. And, um, uh, you know, uh, so they're, they're, they're more of a social creature than most, I think. And so I, I, I thought their rebellion was more, um, I'm not going to take it anymore kind of rebellion. You think that might be, you know, part of the case? I would, I would agree. Um, I feel like it is a lot of rebellion is you're not going to tell me how to live my life or what I can and can't do. So I'm going to do the things that I want to do. So I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I just, I, I was, um, you know, disappointed in, in seeing a lot of, or in seeing some of the um, news of the people, you know, making gatherings and, um, you know, there were a lot of them that were down in uh, South Florida, I think it was Florida, for the spring break. And uh, so that, that kind of bothered me. Um, and, and the, 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 the thing that I had is how do you reach people that don't, that don't seem to want to be reached? Does that make sense? Yes. And that is a very good question. Um, I don't know how you would do that other than showing them that this is real and it could truly affect them. So I don't know how that, I don't know how to go about doing that. 
Yeah. So in 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 that conversation of how to reach people, so a lot of people are, you know, it's a big thing now to put pressure on Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, who else? What's another social media? Outlet? Instagram. Instagram, uh, which is still Facebook, but there's there's a lot of pressure for being put on them by one part of society to police uh, people's speech. What do you think of that? Uh, <clears throat> are you saying, what, what are you saying? So, so you hear um, uh, politicians, going, um, uh, blaming um, Facebook or blaming Twitter for not uh, blocking certain posts because um, because the, the politician believes it's false information and it shouldn't be uh, out there. So here's my take on it. Um, Companies, large large uh, tech companies and large um, corporations have. They don't have the crit. They don't have the credentials that they used to have. They don't have the support from the community that they used to have. Um, what people have seen is that large corporations have increased top salaries for their management fired thousands upon thousands of uh, low-level workers blue blue you, you want to go blue shirt you know white shirt kind of deal blue collar white collar uh, workers so they they increased pay for white collar workers um, decrease or put downward pressure on blue collar salaries and they laid off thousands of thousands upon thousands of blue collar workers and they give bailouts when companies um, take big hits. Um, so they fire the CEO. He gets 26 million, um, you know, 100 million uh, golden parachute. And so. So people don't trust management to make competent decisions and by pushing for Facebook, Facebook is not a police. Facebook is not an elected official. Um, they don't have the, the support of the community to determine what standards are acceptable and unacceptable. So I think by trying to solve the problem using corporations, it's actually making the situation worse. Okay, so are you saying that you think that social media should be monitoring people's videos? So if people are not practicing social distancing or they're showing a video of them throwing a party, that Facebook should not allow those videos to show? No, I'm saying the exact opposite. Oh. I'm saying Facebook and um, uh, the other social media, YouTube, 
should not necessarily be in the business of censoring those videos. Now, there are certain communities, certain uh, societal standards, like um, not showing a murder. I understand that. Um, if someone says, I don't believe social distancing is necessary because, um, because it doesn't work. I don't think um, YouTube and Facebook should get the opportunity to say, that's a false statement and we're not going to show it. I would agree with that. Um, I don't feel that social media, like you said, should be policing what people post. People have the right of free speech to say their opinion um, because people who don't believe in social distancing or don't think this virus is real may say it's not fair that people can post things about staying at home, in quarantine, staying safe, um, because they may think that that's just someone else's opinion. So I would agree with that. Um, I, I feel like they shouldn't be policing social media um, as long as you're not you know, showing a violent video towards someone else or um, showing something inappropriate, I, I don't think that they should have the right to take your post down or say that you're not right, so your video can't be shown. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think, so what, what I think is happening here is um, for those politicians and for those people that are, that are pushing to have tech companies and, um, you know, to, to police people's behavior what they're what they're doing is, is they're using the weight of uh, businesses for their own justified end for their own end and mm -hmm. they're not they're, they're they're not trying to engage people that they disagree with what they're trying to do is shut them up right so so there, that's not going to foster any level of engagement in someone that disagrees with you when they see your behavior as not accepting or not even understanding what my point of view is and that you are only going to use um, whatever tools that you have to shut me up. Yeah, that's, yeah, I would agree. That's definitely not right. I mean, everyone is entitled to their opinion. Um, if you are able to censor people and shut people down just because they have a difference of opinion, I mean, we wouldn't be living in a free country. Right. I, I mean, I understand there are, like we we, we, said, we talked about, there are um, things that are, there's a cutoff. So we can't let people say anything and everything. Right. But we can give more latitude and not make the arbiter, make not make the determining um, body be the, the companies, the tech companies. Because those tech companies aren't answerable to us as citizens, not in the sense that our legislators are. So if our legislators pass laws that 
deem this particular behavior as unacceptable, then it is enforceable by um, our um, law enforcement because it has the weight of the government behind it. When um, Facebook or Microsoft does it, it's what's in the best interest of the company making money. And people don't trust that the company's, you know, going to do the honorable thing, but they're going to do what's what's best for their bottom line. Right. Right. So so I don't think, you know, pushing for tech companies to to put to do the policing is the answer. I think that does way more harm than it does good. Yes, I would agree. So I did talk about power over empowerment. Um, so the, the, the opportunity to use social media as a tool against people that you disagree with. And, and instead of empowering people to be a part of the solution, I think um, what we tend to do in our society is we tend to, to try to isolate things that we don't like. We isolate people that we don't like. We isolate situations that we don't like rather than engaging and trying to find some level of consensus. Right. So um, the, I think the, the problem, what we have is a problem of trust. And I've said this several times on the, on the podcast. We have a problem of trust. People have lost trust in the government. Um, we've had um, elected officials taking bribes and going to jail and um, pardons handed out or you know laws changed to benefit a small portion of society rather than society as a whole. Um, protecting corporations over everyday folks um, you know, politicians lying, um, and, and I'm not pointing to any one particular politician, but it has been years, uh, in the making that people have, um, looked at politicians and said, you know, they're, um, some politicians call it spin. Some people, some politicians call it, um, you know, restating a fact or whatever. And everyday folks look at that and believe that they're being lied to by the people that they elected. That integrity is gone. Honesty is no longer a virtue. Hard work is no longer a virtue. Um, it used to be we wanted our politicians to roll up their sleeves and be a part of the community. That has changed. Now, um, politicians uh, put on a, a shirt and tie, or even if they have on uh, a pullover shirt, 
they still don't seem to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. You know, so so I think at some point we need to start to rebuild trust. Um, like we don't have trust in our newspapers, our our news services, not just the newspapers, but the uh, television news, uh, all the news sources. Um, that trust is absolutely essential because you you can't, I can't be everywhere. I can't see what's going on inside the country of Bangladesh except through reading the news. Mm-hmm. And it's it's and I have to be able to trust that they're giving me the best that they have, the most accurate information, and that it's not being spun. That it's not there's not an agenda attached to how they present that information. And I just don't, I don't, I see as a country, we've moved away from um, integrity and trust is a punchline and not an idea, an ideal that we strive towards. Do you, do you, do you see that in, in, and how you interact with the world, our, uh, our society. Yes, like I, I, I could see where many people are not trusting politicians, not trusting the government, because like you said, they're not um, out here and in the communities and I guess you could say putting in work. Um, like an example, you know, with this shutdown where everything is closed, People are being laid off from their jobs. They're not getting paid and they're not trusting the government because I can see elected officials are still being paid. So it's like, I I understand these people and maybe where they're coming from, where they're saying, hey, we're not getting a paycheck. We're not getting paid. And you're telling us we still can't go to work, but you're sitting at home still collecting a check. So I could see where that distrust comes from. Um, I could see, you know, you're not understanding my situation. You're sitting, you know, up here in your nice house or wherever, and you're not seeing things on the ground level or seeing what I'm seeing on a day-to-day basis. So I could see where that distrust comes from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I agree that we do need to rebuild that trust. And maybe, like you said, you know, politicians rolling up their sleeves and getting in the community with us and learning what, what we go through on an everyday basis or how are, these things are affecting us may, may be a start to uh, rebuilding that trust. Very good. Very good. I want to thank you very much for joining me this afternoon. This is going to wrap up our time. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I absolutely have, was, have been looking forward to this since I started the podcast. I want everybody to know this is my daughter. <laughs> and, this is my dad. <laughs> and I think she's uh, one of the most wonderful people in the world. Um, and so I know that um, this shutdown has really hampered some of the plans that you have had for this past year, and I know it's been a struggle for you. Um, I haven't said anything about it uh, because I just, I know it's it's difficult when you, you know, have plans set on your life, and I know how hard it was for you to, try to put all of that together. 
and then to have it all just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so but we will overcome and it'll it'll work out fine. Very good. Very good. So I'm going to uh, close off this session and then I'll be back again next week. All right. Thanks. That concludes this episode and thank you for listening. This podcast is designed for live listener interaction. Visit the website, thelionsdenstl.wixsite.com slash home for details about how to join the conversation. The video version of Altitude Adjustment is available on YouTube. Search for Lions Den STL. And the audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com, Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Play Music Store, to name a few. Look for Altitude Adjustment where you get your podcast and consider making a contribution by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude adjustment two. Remember, the internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please like, share, and comment on this and other episodes because it matters.